What is up you guys, Sideline Statsman here and welcome to today's episode of From the Booth. On this episode we'll be talking about the leaked proposal for the MLB to move forward and create their startup process so we can get this MLB season up and running. Even if it's a shortened season, they have a plan in place and I will tell you the two people who leaked it and how this can affect the MLB moving forward. On top of that, I will give the ideal situation for the MLB to see what will help them the most out of this situation, how they can maintain most of their money, according to multiple different reports that I have read and and compiled. And finally, we will close it out with the Pete Rose Accuser. Yes, you heard that right, the Pete Rose Accuser for corking his bats. Yes, there was an accuser in the past who said that Pete Rose had been corking his bats, but until now, there was no hard evidence. Now, we have a second accuser that comes forward who used to work for the Montreal Expos in 1984. We're going to dive into that, see what was stated, and then see if Pete Rose still deserves to be called the all-time hitting king. I'm telling you, it's going to be an entertaining topic to discuss, but until then, let's get it started. First story right out the gate, I want to talk about this proposal that's in place. These two guys that leaked it, they are very credible as they are former MLB players. They're retired now, or they're in the minors. One of them's in the minors, one's retired. What I can say is that these two guys are people you can trust and rely on to give you this this news. Think about all the connections they have. So here's what they have in place. Apparently, the MLB wants to start up on June 10th. They want to go up on June 10th and start spring training too. That would basically be, again, run the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League over again and just go for it. We're going to do a spring training do-over. So we do it again for less than a month, maybe about probably three weeks. And by July 1st, we will have an opening day. July 1st is the planned date for opening day. And they hope to have all the games at the home ballparks for these teams. That's the MLB's proposal and plan that is currently in place. The MLB has been yet to confirm or deny this, but it was leaked by two players who are Trevor Plouf, or Plouf, I don't remember how to say his name, but he's a former third baseman in the MLB. And then the other one is former pitcher in the MLB, Phil Hughes. For those who don't remember, he used to be a starter for the Yankees, the Twins, and the Padres. He has second and confirmed the report that Trevor Plouffe has been saying. So, I think it's safe to say that if two guys are now confirming this report, it's got to be true. I really do think that this is, this is legit. And it's for good reason. A lot of the smaller states aren't going to be open by the time that this... A lot of the bigger states aren't going to be open by the time that they have set here. So like New York and California may not be ready by then. So they could have to substitute and play in states like Arizona or Florida for that season, maybe even Texas. However, for those smaller states that are not affected, like Mon- like Montana, or you're going to say like Missouri, you could say, well, maybe Michigan, depending on how the situation goes from here, Illinois, We could talk about Ohio. A lot of those smaller states that don't have as large of an effect, they may be up starting up earlier than expected. And because of that, I think this is a smart plan by the MLB to have in place. 
So I definitely like this. I think for the MLB's sake, you want to try to get as many games in there as you can without breaking into other teams' seasons, or at least into the other league's seasons. So that would be like, don't break into the seasons for the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, even though they're all going to be happening at the same time. You don't want to go any farther into their seasons than you have to. And another month maximum, in my opinion. But either way, I really like this plan. And the MLB is very smart to try to get this up and going now because you don't know where it's going to go from here. The virus could all of a sudden turn around and come back stronger and then the cases are going to rise up again and delay everything again for the second time. Because, you know, there's always that second wave warning. But in, as for right now, I do think the MLB knows what they're doing and that this is a smart move. It's going to save them a lot of their money that they're already losing. And hopefully things get back on track soon so we can get some baseball and not have to watch the Korean baseball leagues. Yes, I know you heard that, ESPN. As great as it is to watch baseball again and watch some sports, I don't want to watch the Korean baseball league. Sorry. We don't want to see it. We don't, we don't care for it. Now, as for the next story I'm going to tell you about, this story comes from Mark Topkin from the Tampa Bay Times. He has confirmed this, and I can tell you that this is true. The MLB's ideal situation is to have 80 games in their season, at least. They want to have at least 80 games in the season. If they can't get it, I think they might scrap it. And if they do scrap it, it's good news for teams with players who have gone through some crazy injuries and their players need time to recover, so that could be good. And in other situations, it's a year of loss for the MLB. They might need a bailout from the government, but I have no idea. The MLB is just trying their best to make as much money as possible without going under. And that goes for a lot of these leagues. The NFL is one of those big leagues right there. The good news is they're later in the year. With the NFL being later in the year, they're at an advantage to be able to succeed in this situation. They're the lucky ones. The NHL the NBA, and the MLB are all suffering. Because by this point, there should be playoffs going on for the NBA and the NHL. It should be happening by now, and it's not, because of everything going on with COVID. On top of that, this is a quote from Mark Topkin from the Tampa Bay Times. The preferred plan would be to start play in late June or early July with as many teams as possible playing in home parks which is just a reiteration with what I just said in the first story. So I do think that they want to get as many games as possible because if you think about it, 40% of the money that the MLB makes comes from ticket sales, merchandising, and concessions. That comes from all stadiums. That's where the majority of the MLB's revenue as a whole comes from. If you don't have games, that 60% you have is going to cost you because now you can't afford to pay the full salaries for your team, players, the associates, the managers, and you're not going to have enough to pay the employees that keep it up and running. So that puts a hole in your pocket. If you ask me, you want to play as many games as possible. Salvage as much money as you can. If you have to, and I know fans are going to hate this, if you have to, if you're going to end up playing less than 60 games in the season, I would say play it and then get to the end of the season and you do the best team in each conference in each league, face off against each other. Best team, best record in the American League versus the best record in the National League. They face off. The winner gets the World Series in a five-game series instead of a seven. 
It's the only option that comes to mind because you still want that playoff experience and you want to make the money from it. So you have to do whatever you can. I think that's the smartest thing you can do. Otherwise, I I don't know what to tell you guys. And if it's a tie, do a tiebreaker game, one game playoff for each squad. And then from there, the winner goes into the World Series for a five-game series. I think that makes a lot of sense for the MLB. You want to save as much money as you can because the less money you have, the less likely you are to even maintain people who work in your own departments, who work within management, who work on the team, everything. You won't be able to afford it. There's no point in having them. So I really do think that this needs a lot of work. And we just got to hope that we can slow the curve down. This virus is going away. And I'm telling you guys the truth. I've been tracking the data for a little bit now because there's no sports to track. I have no data to track. The draft passed. Now I'm now I'm left in limbo. But I will say, paying attention to everything I've been hearing and seeing, I can tell you that this virus is going down. And this is in multiple states. The curve in New York is, is going down. It's flattening. Finally. It's starting to teeter off. Florida's teetering off. Arizona teetering down. Texas about, I would say it's lower. I believe Louisiana is down. I believe a lot of the big states that you have are down. California, no. They're not down yet. But I do know that a majority of states are down and that they're on the decline. So if you ask me, I'm not, I am no medical expert. Trust me. My job as the, as the sideline statsman is to track stats and facts and lay them out to you so you guys can make the best judgment out there for yourselves. So I'm going to put it to you this way. You've seen all the cases reported, over a million cases in the United States with almost 70,000 deaths. Okay, so you see that. I'm going to tell you this, this strong truth that you need to look up how many people have recovered because that speaks a lot louder than the actual deaths themselves. Trust me. I want you guys to look up your data yourself. As much as we like to listen to the media and get the news ourselves, I believe it's important you research for yourself. Because the more trust you put into the media, the more susceptible you are to things that they could say that may not be true. I'm not saying the media is lying to you. What I'm saying is sometimes you want to think for yourself instead of relying on the thoughts of others. Honestly, this is going to be a big moment. Because if we look up the data, I'm going to tell you that this country is going to be reopened by June. By the time we hit June, this plan that's in place is very smart for the MLB. Because they have actually tracked this thing with medical experts. I guarantee you, by the time we hit June, the majority of the United States will be in phases of reopening. With some states being back in full order. Guaranteed. Georgia's already on the men's right there. Florida's getting ready to start that too. Texas is on their way. Those three states alone are on their way back. States in the Midwest like North Dakota and South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, all of them, they are working their way back too. So there's always that. I'm not kidding when I say that this is definitely the chance. I'm not kidding when I say the likelihood that this is going to recover quickly, quicker than we think is true, and it's high. 
I really do want to tell you guys that the research is important. And I, I like to say that to everybody. So I know we really don't want to hear about the virus anymore. You guys are looking for an escape. But it's important to know this stuff. If we don't know this stuff, it doesn't help us. So what's the benefit? There's no benefit of not having that knowledge. It actually hurts you. So I recommend you guys do the research yourself. Maybe create your own timeline. See what works out best. Because I'm telling you, we're going to be back in business within the next month. Okay? I want you guys to do it yourself. Don't listen to what others are saying. Don't trust everything you're hearing. Question it. Question it and do the work yourself. That is where the most successful people come from, is doing the research yourself and doing the work yourself, not relying on others to do the work for you. But with that being said, I think we should shift tone here and move over now into the Pete Rose story. So we all know that there was an accuser that came out saying that Pete Rose had a corked bat and that he was known for cheating many times. And we all know he was suspended in 89 indefinitely from the MLB because of gambling on games as a player and a manager in his career. And we all know this. This is, this is a true story. I will say, Pete Rose had a very strong career for 24 seasons. He did incredible. I got to give him a lot of credit. I can't name another player that can compile over 4,000 hits in 24 years. It's very difficult. But I don't respect cheaters. I'm not joking. I, I think we can all say agree on this. We don't respect people who cheat the game. And Pete Rose cheated the game. It's real simple. There was one accuser. It's okay to question it. It's okay to doubt it. Now there's a second one. Now we've got to look deeper into this. One person, it could just be some guy. But two... We definitely got to do some research into it. So I did. The guy, who, the second guy who came out, his name is Joe Jammer. He has an affiliation in the past with the Montreal organization and was there with Rose when he was there in 1984. And so he has this story that came from people who used to work in the Expos facility. So Pete Rose was in his 21st season at that point. He had three more years left to go. And he only played one season with them. Pete Rose knew that he wasn't going to be able to get his back corked from the guy who runs team operations there, who manages the player's equipment. He knew that. So he said to himself, well, I might as well go to the other dugout. Why don't I go to the other side? So he did. He went to the visitor side. Whenever he needed to get his back corked at the home stadium, he would go to the visitor's dugout, into the visitor's facility, and meet with Brian Greenberg, who declined to comment on this. He didn't. He would not deny it. He would. He would not deny the claim. What he said was, "I really cannot talk about it." So he refused. He denied the. He. So he refused to talk about the actual incident itself, which adds a sense of guilt. So there's already one thing I'm questioning there. On top of that. Brian Greenberg used to get Rose's bat and cork it regularly. Whenever they had a game, he was right there, he met with him, and he did it. Now, 
a lot of you might be questioning, for those who aren't big baseball fans, who are fairly new to the game, what does it mean to cork the bat? Well, corking the bat means you basically make the bat hollow. You make it hollow, flat, soft, whatever you want to call it. In simple terms, it makes the bat lighter. And by making it lighter, it adds more power to your swing, it adds more speed to it, and on top of that, it improves your timing. Because if the bat is lighter, it's easier to get that bat to make contact with the ball in time and blast it out of the park. That's the benefit of having a corked bat. And because it's an unfair advantage to pitchers and to the defenses, it's fair that the MLB has made it illegal to use a corked bat. It's about as illegal as George Brett's time part, pine tar incident. I mean, it's no joke. This is a serious incident. You can't go around and use a cork bat. And usually it's figured out when the umpires lift it up or the side judges, they pick it up and they notice the difference in weight. If you pick it up and notice the difference in weight between that and a regular bat, you know it's corked. It's a big thing. If your bat cracks in half and half of it flies across the field and they go to pick it up and they see that it's hollowed out, that's a corked bat. And you will be thrown out of the game and given a suspension. It's real simple. It's cheating and it's unfair. But because Greenberg did it regularly, not only was Rose at fault, but Greenberg was at fault for participating and being a co-conspirator. So yeah, I would definitely say there that something went wrong. They did something wrong, and that it gave Rose an unfair advantage that season. Because that meant he could keep up with his age and not worry about falling apart. They always say, as you get older, you slow down. In this case, he did not slow down. Rose kept going. To avoid slowing down, he had to cheat. And to cheat, that meant corking his bat. I'll tell you this. I used to respect Rose as a player. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I used to respect Rose as a player. I heard about the gambling. I thought it was wrong. But again, I don't know the man's situation. Maybe he was doing it for his family's sake. There's no way of knowing, guys. But what I can say is this situation makes it worse for me. Because now, a man who I used to respect as a baseball player... I've lost full confidence in and trust. I guess I lost that feeling of admiration for him. And it's that simple. Because I didn't find any joy in him. It was more like I respected his game. And that was it. I liked the way he played. And I wanted to learn how he played. But unfortunately, if I'm seeing stuff like this, how am I expected to respect his game plan? I mean, what do you expect me to do there? There's nothing I can say. Now, in terms of his legacy, we got to think about this for a second. I've never felt disrespected ever by a player and the way he handled himself. Pete Rose, early in his career, for the most part, was reliable, a strong hitter, and a great fielder. Rose can do it all. He was the contact hitter you want on your team, and if you needed some power every once in a while, he gave it to you. He did what he needed to do in order for him, his team to be successful. But sometimes the things you do and the actions you have have consequences. Luckily for him, he won't be facing any consequences. 
Remember, this incident that I just told you about with the corking of the bat happened 36 years ago. Are you going to sit there and tell me that you're going to take away his hitting title from it? There's no way you're going to take away his hitting title for it. Pete Rhodes is a phenomenal player. Okay, don't get me wrong. I just think that the things he did were wrong. Does it warrant taking away some of his achievements? No. I mean, to an extent, you would want to. I would want to take away his achievements. But the problem is, it was 36 years ago. A lot of things changed. What do you expect me to do? I don't expect them to go out there and be like, Oh my God, you cheated. That means now I have got to take away all the achievements you ever made in your career because you cheated not once but twice because you gambled on your own team and through the game. So you cheated twice. I mean, what do you expect us to do? It happened. We got to move on. Have I lost respect and has his credibility fallen? 100%. It already happened the first time. But you know, now it's just pushed further than it needs to be. Rose is one of the greatest Cincinnati Reds of all time. And I stand by that. He is. But the way he used to carry himself on the field and the way he used to hit that ball were two different things. The way he carried himself on the field, he was more of a hothead than I've seen. And you guys may disagree, but if you watch stuff of what happens when Pete Rose gets a bad pitch or he thinks someone's trying to hit him, he goes all out on him and he will try to fight them. That's how Pete Rose is. He was aggressive. And it does not match his play style. His play style was to make contact, play conservative aggressive. It was like a hybrid. You want to make contact with the ball, but you don't want to hit it over the fence. You want to make sure you put it into the field of play so your team can score. That's how he used to play. So it's opposites. And I respect that out of him. But at the end of the day, there's no punishments you can give to this guy. You can give him something now if you want, like, oh, you can't go to any more MLB events. You're banned from all MLB venues. Cool. How does that affect what he did 36 years ago? He did, you can't change that. So there's no point in giving him any punishments at all. Maybe tell him you're ineligible to be in the Hall of Fame from now on. I mean, you can say that. Yeah, because he may have cheated one season. At the end of the day, guys, it's just about what's right and what's wrong. If they would have caught it before he retired, I would have won. I would have easily, easily said that. I would have said, give him as many punishments as you want because that is wrong. However, it happened a long time ago. We have to move on from it. We know what kind of person Pete Rose is. We know what kind of player he is. There's no point in arguing it anymore. We are fully aware. And with that, this has been From the Booth. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman. Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We'll have another episode out on Friday. But in the meantime, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at TStatsman, and on Instagram, at T underscore Statsman. We'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.